Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, the host of the podcast. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of our podcast. And with us is Anne-Marie Morrow. She's the director of Medicare at Merkel Retirement Planning and Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial fiduciary, a certified financial planner, and a retirement income certified professional. But only one of the words I just said in that introduction is what we're going to focus on today. What is it? Medicare. <laughs> The M word. Thank you. Everyone is now officially awake inside the podcast booth. I do appreciate that. Medicare, M, Merkel, Medicare. That's what we're focusing on today. The M word because Anne-Marie Morrow, this is what you live and breathe here at Merkel Retirement Planning. There is a period of time that happens each year that is very important for those who are Medicare eligible. Tell us about it. Annual enrollment. Okay, now say it again in the mic. Annual enrollment. <laughs> now the people can hear you because if you are Medicare eligible or almost Medicare eligible, this annual enrollment, it's probably not a big surprise. Yeah, and it doesn't apply to you quite yet. First, once you're once you've elected your Medicare parts A and B and you have your drug card, you have your supplement plan, that's when you want to make sure that you have the annual enrollment period in your back pocket every year going forward. Okay, so Anna Marie Marl, she knows all the details, right? She knows the difference between annual enrollment, open enrollment, Advantage plans, Medigap plans. She has all the knowledge in her big, big brain. But we know that you're getting a lot of information at home. You're hearing it from your friends and family. You're probably getting flyers in the mail, emails, phone calls, who knows what. And you're soaking up bits and pieces of information. And Anna Marie, you've sat down with people, they've come in and they've said to you, oh, this is a lot. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. It's so much, especially, you know, once you approach age 65, once you get within like three to six months of that birthday, you're starting to get all of this mail you're talking about. And it doesn't stop every single year, especially as we approach every year, annual enrollment, you're going to see flyers. You're going to get phone calls. You're going to have people knocking on your door, just inundated with information and a lot of it contradicts one another. And uh, yeah, just something to be aware of. What is pertaining to your situation? Always think about what what you know that you want for your coverage and what you're set up for in success moving forward every year. Lauren, you've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, this Medicare eligibility. What feelings have you heard? What feelings do you empathize with? Because I think too, there's got to be a little bit of excitement when this time hits as well. Well, yeah, certainly for a lot of people because the election, the ability to elect Medicare does enable a lot of people to retire. Because of the cost of health care in today's environment, it is uh, it is making people re -guess, re rethink when it is that they might want to quit working. Uh, prior to, you know, if we go back 10 years ago, the affordability of health care was a little bit different, and people could retire at 60 and 62 and 63. But with the cost of health care at somewhere around $1,200, maybe $2,500 a month, depending upon your marital status, uh, Medicare is a real advantage for people looking to make that transition from the working to the retirement world. So the feelings that people have, confusion, overwhelming, and sometimes they get upset because they investigate the healthcare environment and they realize that it may uh, not allow them to do the things that they want to do in retirement like they had always thought they were going to do. And uh, it seems like you, you turn on the TV and every second commercial as we approach October becomes a Medicare commercial. And they're talking about these Advantage plans. They're talking about Medicare Part B. What, what does it all mean? And that's why it's so nice to have Anna Marie on the team who can help guide our families through the nuances of Medicare. 
Yeah, we want to do some guiding today in this podcast. We want to talk about uh, should I elect that first time when you elect and you're 65 or 65 and working. Kind of work through some of the questions you get about that, Anne-Marie. And then we want to talk annual enrollment, what you need to look at each year as you revisit your Medicare plan. But we also want to talk about the fact that the reason that Lauren and Anne-Marie are not only sitting together in this podcast booth, they work very closely together is because Lauren, you can't, you shouldn't, or you don't recommend anyways, making these Medicare decisions without making them in connection with all of the other parts of a retirement plan. We're, we're talking all the time about the retirement plan. We talk about it on our YouTube channel. We talk about it on our, our TV show. Uh, about how each one of the decisions that you make with all six of the components of your plan can impact the other decisions that you make with the components. So we're talking about the lifestyle plan. This this is all the fun stuff that you want to do in retirement. Do you want to travel? Do you want to chase the grandkids around the country? Do you want to RV? Do you want to winter someplace warm? Uh, and that is going to impact the income plan. How much income do you need to do or execute on your lifestyle plan. Uh, the income plan and, and the decisions you make as far as how you're going to take your income, where you're going to get the income from, will impact your tax plan. The tax plan can impact your Medicare decisions. And that's where Anna Marie and the retirement planners work really closely together because if you're executing a $100,000 Roth conversion, and that puts you over the Irma limit, well, that could be a surprise that is not a great surprise. It's not a happy birthday type surprise. <laughs> and then we, then we look at the other healthcare implications and decisions that you have to make. Uh, and then finally, the legacy plan is a part of that as well. So all these decisions are interwoven together and you need to understand how, what kind of impact this decision is going to have on the other components of your plan. And those things you just described, they're the six components that we apply to every retirement plan, customized retirement plan that we help the families and individuals that we work with put together. So if you want more information on that overall retirement plan, or you want to talk directly about Medicare, here's a great resource. It's a complimentary 15 minute retirement checkup call. You can schedule yours right now by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. And you've got two options there. The first thing you'll see, Sean and Lauren, they're smiling faces. You can schedule a call about any of the aspects of retirement. If you want to scroll down just a little bit, you'll see the lovely Anna Marie Morrow. You can schedule a more Medicare or healthcare specific call that way. But we want to get more specific now inside this podcast because Anne Marie, I want to talk about first enrollment, the first time you sign up. Okay. And so can we generally use the age 65 or do people uh, ever have a misunderstanding about when they can first sign up? Yeah. They're getting letters in the mail when you're about to turn 65, you know, coming from all over the place saying that if you do not elect at age 65, you will have a part B penalty. And that's just generally not true in a lot of cases. So that's where it's really important to know what your situation allows for. So yeah, when we're talking about Medicare, we you become Medicare eligible at age 65. Now, there are certain individuals with qualifying disabilities that would be eligible for Medicare sooner, younger than that. But generally, yes, age 65 is when the majority of Americans are eligible for Medicare. And that's when all the mail starts rolling in. So the big question we always get when they approach that time frame is, do I have to elect Medicare right now? That's that's the first question. That's the big one. And the answer is, it depends. I knew that was coming. <laughs> of course. So depends on a lot of factors. It like is. It does. And it, it really de determines on whether or not you or your spouse is working. 
it, employer group coverage. So that's what we want to look at. If you are still continuing to work or you have a spouse continuing to work for an employer with more than 20 employees, then you do not have to elect Medicare at age 65. You are considered to be on a qualified employer health plan. Therefore, you would not incur a penalty if you did not elect Medicare at age 65. So generally you wouldn't, right? Why would there, would there be any incentive for me to go ahead and elect while I'm still on either my own qualified plan or my spouse's? We, well, that's a part of what we do. You want to do a cost analysis and compare what you're paying monthly premium, what your portion is coverage on the employer health plan, what that out-of-pocket max is, and compare that to what your costs would be on Medicare. A lot of cases, it comes out that Medicare would be the better option to go ahead and elect, but it, most of the time, the better option is to stay on that employer health plan. If, uh, if you are retiring at the age of 65 but have a spouse that's still working, you might want to explore that option. Okay, what would it cost to join my spouse's plan versus going on Medicare? So it could go either way, but it's a great idea to do that cost analysis. Make that a part of the decision making. And you know, that's a part of what is so fun that we do here is when you incorporate it into the comprehensive plan, it takes away the necessity to make a siloed decision. You know, your plan works together to guide you into okay, I need to make this decision. I do need to elect at age 65, or it might be a good idea to wait. I can utilize this benefit on my spouse's plan. But it works together to help you feel confident moving forward and not having to make these separate decisions on their own. Let's go back to that penalty thing, because I got stopped up on that. And I think if I got a uh, card in the mail or something that said I was going to get a penalty, be like, well, crap, I don't want to get a penalty. I mean, nobody likes a penalty, no, right? No. So, so a who's telling people there's going to be a penalty and, and why are they allowed to, to do that? If that's not the case? Yeah. You can get letters from social security telling you that there will be a penalty. A lot of these private insurance carriers, supplement carriers, they're going to send you information about having that penalty if you don't elect now. So it's coming from all over the place. They do want to ensure that, you know, that there could be a penalty if Right now, you are, let's say you are on a marketplace plan or you are on COBRA. Those are not considered qualified plans. So then you would want to make sure that you elect Medicare at age 65 to avoid that penalty. Okay, great tip. That makes more sense now. There, it is possible to have a penalty, oh, yes. but you're not automatically going to get one if you don't elect. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about that uh, that open enrollment. That that when I first the first time I sign up, I've got there's there's a window there. Mm -hmm. Any confusion on the window, or what? What do people need to know? Yeah. So when you first become Medicare eligible, you have a seven month window, and that window begins three months prior to the month of your birthday, and it continues on until three months after your birthday. Now for you lucky people born on the first day of the month, your Medicare start date would actually be the first day of the previous month. So oh, keep nice. that in mind. Yeah. Little, little side note there, but you do have this seven month window. Now it's a great idea to start that election process at the beginning of your enrollment period, because those three months after your birthday month, it doesn't mean that you're, let's say you elect Medicare the month after your birthday. That doesn't mean that your part B, one of the part B penalty, it doesn't mean it's going to go retroactive to your birthday month. It's just a buffer against a penalty, but you could still have a delay in coverage. So social security, Medicare, they're pretty far behind. So that's why, again, it's a great idea to start that election process when that three month window opens. Great information on the first time you elect Medicare. Now let's focus on this annual enrollment period. Let's talk about 
the, the period? What is that annual enrollment period and what do people need to do? So when, after you've elected Medicare A and B for the first time, that's it. You don't have to worry about Medicare A and B. Keep making your part B monthly payments to make sure that any supplement that you enroll in after that will stay in place. After that, A and B is taken care of. And, and I'm done, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> right off into the sunset. That's right. I wish it was that easy to set it and forget it. And your Medicare Part A and Part B, it does work that way. But once you have your Part A and B, then you want to make sure that you're enrolled in your supplement, in your drug card. And those are the components of Medicare that do change every year. So annual enrollment, October 15th to December 7th, that's the time period where you can make changes and make sure that you are set up for success for the following year. Because even if your prescription medication haven't changed, these drug cards can and typically do change what they cover every year. And do you find that most most of the time people are making changes or need to make changes to their plans every year, or is it just every couple of years that most people are making changes? Not necessarily to their medical supplement. So Advantage plans or Medigap, people aren't necessarily changing those every year. But the drug cards, yes, I would say that that is typically what keeps everybody busy is the changes in the drug cards every year. And we talk to the individuals and the families that we work with about this each year. You, you hold a lunch and learn. You bring them into Merkle Retirement Planning. People can, can watch it online. And you talk about this, this, this enrollment checklist, this annual enrollment checklist. And we want to go through it today so you can hear these items as well. Maybe jot them down or make sure that this is the stuff that you're checking on. So first, you want to check each year on your supplemental plan. What do we need to look for there? Supplemental plan, just make sure that it's still something that you're happy with, whether it's a Medigap plan. You know, one of those letter plans, F, G, N, or an Advantage plan. If it's still something that you're happy with and um, you know that your doctors are in network, which we'll go over next, but as long as you're still happy with that plan, you really don't need to worry about making changes there. Uh, but we do have that opportunity. If you do want to make a change from a traditional plan G and you want to switch to an Advantage plan, that's the time to do it. Um, if you want to switch from an Advantage plan to a traditional plan, that's the time to do it, but be prepared that there could be underwriting at that point too. So there could be more of a process to go through making that change, but uh, we usually typically see those changes about every few years that people make that change. And can you give me just one example of my, why I might make the switch? Yeah, that's a great question and something to think about. I actually just met with a woman uh, this last annual enrollment period. She's 85 years old and her premiums on a traditional plan F were over $500 a month. So they were higher than an out of pocket max on an advantage plan. So we went through it. I told her what the differences would be. She would, you know, have co-pays at that point, but her premiums for the entire year are far less than an out-of-pocket max on an advantage plan. So that's when we made that change. Next on the checklist, check into your doctors and your specialists. Yes. And this is so important to do if you are on an advantage plan or switching to an advantage plan. Advantage plans are network-based, so they're a lot like what we're on on our employer group plans, right? We need to make sure that our doctors are in network. These are PPO and HMO plans. Understand if you are on a PPO, you can still go out of network, but at a higher cost share. If you're on an HMO plan, if you go out of network, you're going to be paying 100% of those costs. So that's something you really want to make sure on every year that your doctors stay in network if they already are, because some doctors and specialists choose not to contract with Advantage plans the next year. So that's something that can change every year as well. So for a retiree or a pre-retiree who's thinking about traveling quite a bit, 
whether it's within domestically here in the country or internationally, is that a consideration that they should make as far as should they be looking at an advantage plan versus original? Absolutely. So the traditional, uh, you know, plan G, plan F, that's, you have that coverage everywhere across the United States. If you travel internationally, you want to make sure whatever lettered plan you're on does have that. Not all of them do. If you're on an advantage plan, it does come down to which advantage plan you're on through which carrier. Some do have a travel benefit and some don't. So make that a part of that filtering process. You know, we look at that. We ask, that's like the number one thing we hear is I want to travel. I want to go to Arizona (laughs) for the winter. So then I know to consider that when looking at private carriers for the advantage plan that's best for them. Yeah. So when you're considering your plan, that should be a part of the conversation with your agent is, are you planning to travel? How much are you planning to travel? Where are you planning to travel to? And that could impact the coverage that you decide to go with. Absolutely. What about prescriptions? That's on that checklist too. Yes. So prescriptions, we've already touched lightly on this, but that's probably the biggest game changer every year. On Advantage plans, uh, there are Advantage plans that also cover medications. So make sure that going into the next year that those medications are still covered on the Advantage plan. Otherwise, if they're not, that could be a driver to look for a different Advantage plan that's now covering your medications. Um, And if you're on a standalone drug card, make sure that that drug card is still covering those medications the next year. You know, the worst stories I have is people, you know, they, they hear this podcast, they see the TV show, and then they reach out because when they went to fill their prescription medications in January, all of a sudden, instead of their typical $20 copay, they now are paying over $400 for their medications because they just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And medications even if they haven't changed, these drug cards do change every year. And is there any way you can't go back, right? So then I, I just imagine being at the pharmacy, what you're thinking is going to be 40 is 400. You got a really tough decision to make. Do That's, I not get that medicine that I clearly need or want to take? Or do I write that check or give that credit card away? You can't go back, right? Is yeah. anybody going to let you go backwards or be, I guess retroactive nope, might be the word I'm looking for? Yeah, no, you're stuck with that until the next annual enrollment period. Now your drug card will take you through different tiers if it's that expensive, but there's no out of pocket max on these drug cards either. It's just a change of copay. So it's definitely something you want to have on that checklist every year. And then your pharmacy, what's different with that? That's on the checklist as well. What's different than with the prescriptions? So this is pretty surprising. Uh, When we go through these illustrations, you know, they've used their privately owned pharmacy, their small town pharmacy their whole lives. And then they find out in Medicare that pharmacies contract with Medicare, just like prescription medications are covered under drug cards. And we see hundreds of dollars of a difference if they continue to go to one pharmacy versus making a change to a different pharmacy down the street, savings of hundreds of dollars. So definitely find out which pharmacy contracts as preferred, standard, or out of network. And you'll see that information on medicare.gov or through your agent as well. Okay, so as you're saying these things, and you're telling me I need to check on them each year or check on them each year, here's a couple of thoughts that are going through my mind. I'm just keeping it real, Anne-Marie. That sounds like a lot of work, right? So have you ever had like, this is what I'm comparing it to as you're talking. Like, Hold on, if brace you, yourself. <laughs> this, this could be I scary feel like we right need here. seat belts. <laughs> right. Well, no, I was thinking about like, okay, so if you have like back trouble, right? You're going, oh, my back's sore, blah, blah, blah. They help you out. You go home and they say, now going forward from here, Molly, you should stretch three times a day in order to keep, you know, this back pain at bay. And I think, Dr. Carrie Joe, that's a great idea. I will stretch three times a day. And then a whole 
week has gone by and I've forgotten to do my stretches. Okay. So Medicare annual enrollment, <laughs> she's looking at me so blankly here. Do people actually do all this stuff? I mean, I know this is not the same as me stretching my back, but I think it's like anything. It's like when the bill comes from the doctor, I look at it and I think, is that right? I don't know. Maybe that's what it costs to go to the ER and get David's finger stitched up. Maybe I should check in on that and then I don't and you pay it and you file it away because you don't want to make the phone call or do the extra work. Right. Do people actually do this themselves or is it something like a doctor you tell them to do and then they're like, eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Yeah, well, that's why we try to get this education out there because I get these phone calls where people haven't done it and it's heartbreaking and you know I don't like giving people bad news but yeah unfortunately you're right a lot of people don't take the time to do it themselves and, but and that's we why we take them. that yeah. proactive approach and Anna Marie said it best so that you don't you don't know what you don't know so it's our job the, the way that we see our role is our job to bring this information to the families that we're working with uh, because there is so much information out there it's so confusing and it's easy to get lost and there are people unfortunately that we talk to that at age 65 they did not have qualified health care coverage but they also did not sign up for medicare there's also people or, or Anne-Marie shared some experiences that people uh, haven't changed their drug plan when they mm -hmm. probably should have changed their drug plan because they didn't know uh, and they don't know all of these terms like annual enrollment and open enrollment and all these other things that are associated with just one facet of their overall retirement plan or i mean Keep in mind, this is just the Medicare piece. This is just the Medicare piece. This is not the tax planning piece, the income planning piece, which most people, when they're when they're looking to make that transition to the retirement world, they're concerned about health care, but what they're really concerned about is how much can they spend? How much can they spend to be able to afford the lifestyle piece of their overall plan? Because that's what they've been dreaming about all these years. And then all this other stuff in some ways is just kind of noise. Uh, and it's confusing. And it's things that they feel like they have to pay attention to, but they don't really know where to start in many ways. So it's it's that's why it's so important for us to be proactive, initiate this type of conversation, and initiate the type of information that they're going to need to make the important decisions they're going to have to make. Anna Marie, you've been talking about conversations you have with people about Medicare. Lauren, I know you have a lot of conversations with people as well through these 15-minute complimentary checkup calls. What are some of the, the things you're talking to people about? One of the things that one of the questions that we get quite a bit is can I afford to retire prior to 65? Can I afford to retire prior to 65? Pay for health care? Because everybody knows that you you know that you still need health care coverage. It's not going to be the group coverage that you have grown accustomed to. So how do you do it? How do you retire at 62 or 63 and still be able to do all the things that you want to do and yet afford the health care coverage? What's that carryover look like between uh, retirement age and age 65? So we talk about different strategies that you can implement to put yourself in a position to allow your, yourself to retire prior to that. Uh, we also get quite a bit of questions on taxes with tax rates at historical lows. Most people think that with uh, this current state of affairs, that tax rates are probably going to go up. How does that impact you? And are there strategies that you can specifically enact to help put yourself in a better position to uh, to limit the impact of increasing ta uh, increasing tax rate environment on your long-term retirement plan? So we talk about this, the six components of the overall retirement plan 
and really identify what does your retirement plan look like? What would it look like for you to construct that plan? What kind of value would that bring to you in your transition from the working world to, re to the retirement world? And we pr try to provide as much value as we can, and then we identify does it make sense for us to move on to the next step. So whether you want to talk about Medicare or any of the other components of a comprehensive retirement plan, you can schedule a 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call today by going to MerkleRetire.com. We'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. This yeah, I feel like uh, the, that's one of the first two questions. It's either, do I have... <laughs> they both started talking at the same and time. Before we started, Anna Marie's like, okay, you're going to cover the first part. <laughs> I think you're going to knock this setup out of the park. And then you said, and jump then... in whenever you want to. So I jumped. <laughs> jump in. I was jumping. <laughs> jump on that mic too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can I just start talking? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What was the question? <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. I got it. I got it.